you tonight for the continual opportunity that you always place before us to learn and increase in the knowledge of your truth. You told us in your word that we shall know the truth and the truth shall make us free. Thank you for another opportunity for a making process. A process where your people can be made again. Thank you for the platform we have tonight to change for the better through the knowledge of the mysteries of your kingdom. Spirit of the living God, I make myself available for you tonight to use, to communicate the precious seeds of God's word that is able to cause there to be fruitfulness in the hearts of the receivers. Let that be our experience tonight. Help us tonight. Let grace be poured on my lips that I might make God's word available and write your word on our hearts. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise God. So, we continue tonight and we are still talking about the garments of the believer, the believer's garment. You know, when this message took off, I, I was thinking that we're just going to have it for two Tuesdays. But as I read the scripture, think about what we are talking about, I realize that for us to do justice, this thing is actually broader and deeper. And I do not want our understanding to be shallow about it. And I don't want you to make any form of shallow adjustments, shallow changes, because that's not what the kingdom of God is about. The kingdom of God is about permanent change. Changes that are real, that are authentic, okay. And if you're going to do that, then what we are building tonight must be on the truth, must be on, on inherent God's inherent word of God, you know, of the word of God. Amen. Praise God. So we continue tonight, and we have been talking about the garment, the believer's garment. And by now, I know you know that before you as the as a believer. Okay, so you are exposed to two kinds of garments. The physical, the visible garment, and the invisible or the spiritual garment. And incidentally, the invisible or the spiritual garment really is the garment of the kingdom. That is what depicts that we are of God's kingdom. The other is neutral, is the same. Whether you are a believer or you are not, it is actually, it is physical, it is sensual. You understand? It is common. It is after common grace. It is same for humanity, for all. As long as you are a human being, you are, you know, you will put on the physical garment. And we have seen from the scripture that a Christian cannot be deciphered by the physical garment no matter how decent that garment might be on him no matter how beautiful whatever that garment is you cannot decipher a christian and no christian should attempt to showcase christianity 
by garment, by physical clothes. Otherwise, the person will begin to tread on the, you know, on the platform of deception. At that level, we're going to be deceived because the Bible tells us that be not be deceived that even angels, you know, Satan has translated himself to be what? To be a, a, an angel of peace. To be an angel of God. You understand what I'm saying? By putting on all these deceptive appearances. So we don't put on physical garment to depict that we are Christian. Neither do we try to cut some style, you know, either long or short, or remove something or add something in terms of physical to showcase that we are Christian. We do not know any man after the flesh, and we don't make attempt to do that. Again, I will repeat, it is good for you to hear the message again. I, I keep saying this, and quite some of us, we don't pay attention to things like this. You can't tell me that all that I taught last week, you have all the grasp of everything. You don't. So, you will be a good student to go and read the notes or listen to the notes again. Okay, so you get the CD and listen again. And these things are cheap for us to get. Now, if you look at the volume of hours or time I pour behind this message, then you will just be, you won't be a, you will be a, uh, you won't be a good student or a wise student if you don't listen again. Because I have put volume of time, you know, hours in reading and learning, getting this in, and you now think you're going to get all that I've learned in those hours, you understand what I'm saying? Or even years of reading and years of my Christianity, and then all that I've taught in one hour, you think you're going to get everything. Now, you are telling that you are not just a good and a diligent student so you'll be a good and diligent student by getting those cds and then doing some homework on your own and reading and learning these things again and again and again okay and i also want to encourage us particularly these believers garment get those uh, cds and buy it or get it and give it to a friend outside give it to people outside give it as a gift i've listened to the one of last week again and it's really really loaded okay so you can do that give it as a gift to somebody you know, one believer somewhere, give it as a gift, and then I'm sure that person will come back and say, thank you for that good gift you have given to me. Okay, so last week we started looking at the real garment of the believer, and we have said now that Christ is a garment, we put on the invisible. The Bible says, Isaiah chapter 52, put on your what? Garment, put on your garment, put on your strength, put on your strength, that your beautiful garment. And we look at all those things last week. And then we started looking at, you know, uh, the character. You know, we look at all the fact that God said we should put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh to obey in the laws thereof. Okay. So we started looking now that as we break down Jesus as a whole, that we are looking at different approach to the garment of the believer. Last week, we looked at the fact that God said we should put on the garment of what? Responsibility. That's one of the expressions of the garment of Christ. The second one is the, you know, the garment of character. That you have to put on character. You know, we look at the king's daughter in Psalm 45, putting on, you know, the Bible tells us that the king's daughter is all glorious within. And of course, a garment is also of gold. The Bible says a clothing is made of gold. So the king's daughter, you know, she's wise, she's beautiful. Externally, externally she's there, and internally, she's solid. Okay, so we have looked at that. Now let's zoom uh, to First Peter chapter 3. A lot of controversial teachings or things has been said about First Peter chapter three, and so let's go to First Peter chapter three tonight.
When it comes to things that you ought to know, don't be a schnook. When it comes to things that you should know, uh, don't be like uh, 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 Pastor Tony Bakar who always say, don't be a nikompu. You should know what you should know. Don't be a novice about things you should know. Don't be a fool. You should be, you should be somebody that is well informed. Let's not just be here dead about things. Let's have truth. And let's be solid about truth. Amen. Praise God. First Peter now chapter 3. Are we there? Likewise, ye wives. Okay, let's start from verse 3. Who's adorning? Who's adorning? Let it not be the outward adorning of plating of the air and of the wearing of gold and of the putting on of apparel whose beauty now here something is going on between the wife and her husband the wife seems to be the believer and the husband seems to be the unbeliever somebody who is not submissive to the truth somebody who is errant somebody who is full idea about the truth and Peter's admonition is to the wife as to this is the way you're going to gain mastery in your house you're going to do something that is going to eventually help your husband. And you're going to do this not with more of words and standing as an authority. Or you are obviously opposing his demands and his stands at home. And Peter is trying to say, this is the approach you're going to do. This is what you're going to, you know, you're going to engage, you're going to engage yourself. You're going to use a weapon that some people have even used in the old. Weapon like Martin Luther King Jr. used in helping in fighting the what the non-violent battle or fight you understand what i'm saying of seeing to the emancipation of blacks and bringing an end to racism that that kind of non-violent war not war of words not war of using physical weapon but you're going to use the war of character you're going to use it in your house that's what i want you to use not the violence of words not in terms of you know engaging in wrath for the wrath of man is not going to work out the righteousness of god in your house you're not going to do that and so peter is trying to teach the daughters of the kingdom the daughters of zion how to see to it that peace reigns supreme not just peace prosperity reigns in their home that they can actually be the one that puts the machinery into motion even if your husband is not, you understand what I'm saying, a man of peace, you can do it. You can initiate it. You can set the machinery in motion. How? By engaging in this. And he's saying, who's adorning? Who's beauty? In other words, what you are going to use to command the respect of your husband, let it not be outward. Let it not be physical engagement. Let it not be, you are going to get yourself involved with actually wisdom. In which the daughters of this world, the women of this world, uses physical things. You understand? What I'm saying the emphasis is on your style, is on what is on what appeal to physical senses. Their hair style, their what, their clothes, their apparel, the jewelry. Let that not be us. That's what the world uses, but you're not going to use that. And let me teach you the wisdom. It's like the call of Solomon to children of God. Oh my son, hear my wisdom. Oh my daughter, hear my wisdom. And that's the kind of language here. Are you here with me? And he said, Whose beauty adorning, let it not be in that of the outward, 
In other words, sons are done are outward. Some people's are done Some daughters are done are outward. Their emphasis, their drive, their projection is outward. And he saying that is not going to win yours. That is not going to create the atmosphere where the blessedness that is in Christ can become something that can become experiential in your home. So you're going to do something. See what he said. Verse 4. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. Let your beauty, let it, let it exude. Let it come out of the invisible woman you are. In other words, two people are, you know, you are actually two kind of people. There is an outward man in you and there is a real inward woman in you. Or outward man in you and outward man inside, inward woman inside you. And said, let it be the hidden man of the earth. In that which is not corruptible. So, we can see a corruptible woman or corruptible adornment. Adornment that is subject to change or decay. You can't buy and make any form of here. And in the next two weeks, one week or whatever, three weeks, you are tired of it. The glory is gone. You buy a jewelry, you buy some jewelry. The glory is gone. Whatever garment you have is gone. You know, last week I was telling my wife, I was trying to wear a shirt. And I remember when I bought that shirt, how the shirt really, you know, was really something pleasant and beautiful and attractive. And I really love that shirt. But now the shirt is gone. You know, I just wear that shirt at home. The glory is gone. And I said, how quick, the, you know, the, how quick and easy glory of things passes out and passes away. Now, can you imagine you are trying to win? So, your pursuit is endless. So, you have to really engage in buying and stress in trying to keep fit with all this thing in order to keep your own feet. So, see what he says. He says, He said, But let it be the hidden man of the earth in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of meek and a quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God is of great price. In other words, this is the real core. This is where your beauty is. Ornament. The beauty of what? Of meekness. Of quietness. Of what? Bible says, which in the sight of God is of great price. And do you know something? This thing is of great price, but you don't even need money to buy it. It's costly, but it's, it's, it's free. It's costly, but it's free. You know why? Because somebody paid that great price. That price, that great price for you to be a possessor of this has been paid by Christ. Now yours is to drink of Christ so that this thing can manifest as your life, as your character. And the Bible says this is what you understand. The daughters of Zion should engage themselves in. See what it says. For after this manner of old, only women who trusted God, not themselves, but trusted God. Not themselves, but trusted God to help their home. Not themselves, not by their strength, but by the power of God. And they actually, you know, Bible says, Bible says, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their soul to God in well doing. You know, how do you show you are committing yourself to God? Let's see your lifestyle. It shows whether you are committing your life to God or you are in charge. You're fighting, you're bickering, your bitterness, all those things show I'm in charge. But when I let go, I'm saying, God, you are in charge of my life. How? By my lifestyle in well doing. Well doing, well disposition is a sign that I want the superior one to fight the battles of my life. But my personal anger, my wrath shows God answer, I'm in charge. I know how to do it. I have the wisdom. I have the strategy. Okay. He said, you know, the women of old who trusted adorned themselves, being in subjection to their own. So Bible said they adorned themselves. In other words, those women of old did not wear clothes. It wasn't their clothes. It wasn't their jewel. Now, what you now need to do is go and look at those women. Did they wear clothes? 
Did they wear jewelry? Did they have their style? Yes, they did all that. But their projection was not in those things. So, what we are trying to get is that the wisdom of Peter here is not to negate wearing clothes. It's not to cancel wearing of jewelry. It's not to say doing good here is something that should be canceled. That's not what he's saying. He's only saying that where is your priority? Where is what you are using to protect yourself? You know what I'm saying? You should dress well. You know that. I've always used this example. A good doctor should dress smartly. And his dressing should depict a doctor that is serious minded. But you are not going to treat your patient because your dress is okay. If you are not a doctor that is smart, if you don't know what you, you know, if you don't know your onions, you don't know your job, your patient will die. It's not your shirt that will treat your patient, but your shirt and your appearance makes you presentable and acceptable. But beyond that, going to the real thing, a woman or we all dress well, we are presentable, and that's all the job it does. But the real arena of life is not in our dressing. Hello? I told us that it's been said that the way you dress is the way you are going to be addressed. Of course, that's true for a while. But when it comes to the real transaction of life, it's not the way you dress that will open that door. It's not that. That will only do that job for a while. Beyond that, we're going to the real core of your person. Uh, we're going to go into the real life. Your, your core, your character, your intelligence, your wisdom, what comes from you, your disposition. Those are the things. If you can dress all the Ikea, you can dress powerfully in a good suit, you are corporate, but you are cruel, you are rude, you are arrogant. You don't have to negate your way. You, you don't have to engage people. Of what use is that? That means you are, going to be, you are not going to be a good marketer. You are not going to be a good corporate guy. Because, you understand what I'm saying? While it's good to dress well, it's beyond that. In retaining your customers. Do you get that? Okay. So, Peter is talking about women winning the battle through character. Through the inner gem, inner life, quietness. And that should be what you are putting on. So, I can wear jewelry, but beyond my jewelry, I wear something that is more than that. Quietness. You're a quiet woman. You're a meek woman. You're a humble woman. You're a humble man. Huh? Somebody showed us recent, uh, some time ago. Look, this woman came and you could say, oh, this is a good woman. But listen, as she poured her mouth, there's nobody this woman cannot insult. Whether you are young or old, this woman can insult you. This woman will bring everybody down. When I had the matter, I said, let's bring her to me. They brought her, with the confidence that by the time she gets to me, I know all will be well. She slipped me also. Some people are just like that. It's not in your dressing. Okay. So, it's not really in your dressing. That's why, you know what the Bible says? Huh? You remember have another said a woman lost character. She said she doesn't have a house. She uh, they said there's no house of her husband to her to stay. It's not that you can't stay in your house, it's because you have lost character. Something like that. It's not about it's about your own character. Are you listening to me? So there's something about character. You know something in Proverbs 11. Huh? He said. As a gold, as a jewel of gold in a swine's snout. Huh? I wish I can paint that picture. Jewel of gold. Take a golden ring and put it in a swine's snout. What's a swine? A pig. Put the golden ring there. Now, the, the, the pig doesn't know the value of that gold. And what are you going to do with it? He carries his nose and go into the, uh, into the refuse and use his nose to 
That's what he has no value for that. The Bible says, So is a beautiful woman without discretion. So is a woman that has external clothes, jewelry, everything externally, but there is no real discretion. That discretion is the inner gem, the quietness. The, you know what I'm saying? In other words, it is not wrong to have things external, but of what is external, if external is also external fajade, uh, you know, external parade, there is really nothing deeper than that. And so what we are saying is that what the believer wears is more than the clothes, more than your hairstyle, more than the jewelry. So the Bible is not saying don't wear gold. The Bible is only saying that this is where your life is. One is not the real you. One is the real you. Do you get that? Are you here with me? Okay. Now let's go to the next one. You put on garment of praise. That's what you put on. Garment of praise is one of your garments. You must always be in that readiness. To give thanks. You are not a complainer. That's what he's talking about. You are not a murmurer. You are not somebody that's as if, as if, oh, life is over. You are in that spirit. It's a garment. I would say put on that garment. Isaiah chapter 6, 61. These are invisible garments that you must constantly You know something? Huh? I have a singlet under this. And I have this on it. You can't see it. Because this cloth is covering that garment. Correct? But when it comes to the little garment, cloth can never cover it. When it comes to the garment of the kingdom, it's, you understand what I'm saying? It wriggles out, no matter your garment. So, no matter what you are wearing physical, your real garment will show. Whether you are wearing a garment of humility, it will show. Whether you are wearing Christ, it will show. If you are wearing a garment of arrogance, it will show regardless of the clothes you are putting on. So the real clothes will showcase itself. That's why the Bible says put on Christ. Amen. Physical clothes can cover physical clothes. But physical clothes can never cover spiritual garments. If that's what we are really putting on. And can I say this? Huh? Whether, you are, whether you are putting on Christ or you are not putting on there is one invisible garment that everybody is putting on. I'll come to that. The truth is that you must be conscious to put on Christ. But if you are not putting on Christ, you'll be putting on flesh. So you can wear all the elegant clothes you can wear. You are still putting on the clothes. You can remove your ring. You are still putting on flesh. You can wear long skirt. You might still be putting on flesh. You can wear jeans, eh, trouser. You might be putting on Christ. It's not physical. You must be spiritual with your life. Amen. Are you here? Is somebody here with me? Verse 3. Isaiah 60, what? 61. To appoint unto them those that mourn in Zion. To give unto them what? Beautiful ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for what? The spirit of heaviness. Garment of praise is not bad. It's not jeans. It's not. It's not physical clothes. It's talking attitude of praise. Spirit of praise instead of mourning. Instead of just thinking on the woes and the woes and all that has happened. Put on a garment, a spirit that shows that God is in charge of your life. That's what he's saying. Put on that kind of garment. Put on that air around your life. Put that up beyond the fist obvious physical clothes. Do you get that? Okay. Now let's go on. Verse 10. Go through. Verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord my God. My soul shall dwell with him in the Lord my God. For he has clothed me with what? Garment of what? Salvation. These are the garments you should put on. Huh? 
He has covered me with what the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decketh. We'll come to that. Decketh himself. So the bridegroom decketh himself with what ornament. Can you see something there? Okay. Maybe you're not seeing what I'm saying. Number five now. You put on New Testament graces. All the operations of God in the New Testament. Put them on. Let those be your garment. Let those be the things that you are wearing. This is where our life is. That's what we see in Isaiah 61, verse what 10. He said, he, he has clothed me what garment of what salvation. Salvation that we have received in Christ. Put it on. Put on the robes of righteousness, not yours. No self-righteousness. No tailored, well-tailored suit. That's not our projection. You know you can be circumcised and you are not circumcised. Apostle Paul said, if any one of you is circumcised, they are falling from grace. The same man who was saying, if any man is circumcised, falling from grace, was circumcised at that time. Meaning, and what he was saying is that, if you think your circumcision is what made God to accept you, and you are still walking in that, you are falling from grace. In other words, you can carry something without carrying it. Huh? God bless you with things, but you should know you are not the owner. But to the world, you are the owner. But in the attitude of you, you are not the owner. Hello? You must, you understand what I'm saying? So there must be that spirit of detachment. There must be no that kind of spirit of attachment. I'm the owner. Not God. It's my own. No. It's the spirit. It's the attitude. Are you getting something? So, I am wearing good clothes, but I'm not projecting myself with good clothes. They are two different things. Esther was beautiful, but Esther did not win and became the queen because she was beautiful. It's because she had favor. She was not the only beauty. She was not the most beautiful. There was nothing like that said that she was the most beautiful. As a matter of fact, the garment she wore was so simple. How did she win? It was not her beauty. By strength shall no man prevail. Strength means that which is yours, that which comes from our ingenuity. You don't prevail by that. But by the grace of God, by God's input. And this must sink into us. This will create humility and authenticity in our lives. You won't carry yourself because you are wearing what is good and when you are not wearing what is good, you are sorrowful. This is why some people not come to church because they feel they don't have good clothes. And some people are pro. They are so confident to come to church because they think they have good clothes. Those things are nonsense. Hello? He said two people came to your assembly. One was in a gay clothing and one was in a vile raiment. In other words, God expects, come even if, if that's your agreement, come with it. That's what he said. Your vile raiment should not negate your coming. And your gay clothing should not give you, you know, accelerated passage to the coming to the presence of God. Come as you are. But the Bible says, the rich and the poor meet together. God created both of them. God knows what, to, what he will do with all of us. The transaction of God is beyond physical clothes. It's beyond our physical lavings. Huh? Are you here with me? Praise God. I said, are you here? I said, praise God. Psalm 132. Put on physical, you know, New Testament grace. I want to close on this first because the journey is still far. What did I say? Psalm 132, and verse 9. Let the priests be clothed with what? Righteousness. And let the saints shout for what? Joy. Let them be clothed with what? Righteousness. Be clothed with what? Righteousness. You know, in the Old Testament, what are the priests clothed with? Clothed with garments. Special garment. But David foresaw that really this is more than special garment. You better be clothed with righteousness. And if you're a priest, which you are, Bible says you are made us what? Kings and priests. Unto our king. 
Okay. Now, all these things are the things that the believer must see as his real ornament, as their real ornament, as their real garment, beyond shirt and trousers, beyond the hairstyle, beyond suit, beyond whatever corporate, whatever name you give that garment. Whatever social, uh, whatever ethnic group you belong, whatever kind of acceptable clothes is where you are, whatever you put on, whether corporate or not corporate, whether you call it social or whether you call it, uh, what do you call formal clothes? Uh, whether you call it old school or you call it new school. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't matter anything. That's not really where the emphasis of the believer is. Do you get that? Am I correct with that? Now, quickly, let me just run through this and then we zoom on. As to the father, while that is going on in the lives of the believer, it is also possible in the other world that what you are putting on is something that is obvious. You are putting on cursing. Psalm 109. Psalm 109 verse 18. He says, And he clothed himself with what? Cursing. Like with his garment. So you can put clothe yourself with curse. Some people are just full of cursing. No good thing can proceed out of their mouth. You just clothe what you are clothed with. Some clothe themselves with vengeance. You can wear any garment you like. Any beautiful clothes. It can't cover this. In other words, man is more than garment. Psalm 59. Verse 17. Psalm. Sorry, I think there's a mix up there. Where it says he put on vengeance. Uh, it's not verse 17. Okay, I think there's a mix up now in my whatever, so now let's leave that. So he put on vengeance. Sorry, it's Isaiah. Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59, 17. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head and he put on garment of what? Vengeance. For what? Clothing. For he was clad with zeal as a cloak. So somebody can put on garment of vengeance. You are wearing shirt and trousers. You are wearing good attire. You know, you are wearing in coat, Christian garment, in coat. You are not putting on your ring. Or you are putting on, you are, you are wearing trousers. You are not wearing whatever you are wearing externally. But really, what you are out for is vengeance. That's what you are putting on. Garment of shame. Somebody can put on garment of shame. Psalm 109 verse 29 is there. Somebody can put on garment of desolation. It's as if everything is desolate. Nothing good in my life again. Oh, it's over. Garment of desolation. You understand? And then you can continue. You understand? So, these are other garments that people can put on on the negative side now. But we have looked at what you should put on on the positive side as the child of the king. Amen? Praise God. I'm sure if we stop at this junction, you have learned so much. But the truth is that we are not stopping. Amen? Okay, now quickly now, let me contrast. Let me trash more on the internal and the external now. I haven't said all this. Let's, let's look at some of the contrasts as the Bible put it. Now, you are in the world, but you are not of the world, correct? 
We are living in this world, but we do not originate. I do not come from this world. I am not from Ijebode. I was born there. You are from heaven. Some of us, you, it's difficult for you to be detached from your tribe. It's, look, I find it very, very difficult to confidently say I'm from Ijebode. When somebody looks at my behavior and they say, which time am I from? I find it difficult, almost impossible to say it. Because it doesn't shape my behavior. My behavior does not emanate. And our behavior or behavioral pattern should not emanate from the silly country that you find yourself. It's a serious error. It's a subjugation toward and it's an undermining. We're undermining the death and the resurrection of Christ. Of what? Why should he die? That means his death is in vain. If what sees shape our life should be our, you know, they they tried, they would blah blah blah. This I'm an Igbo man, I'm an Ausa man, I'm a Yoruba man. No, 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 no. In Christ, we are put on Christ. If any man be in Christ, a new creature, amen. Amen. I'm not a Nigerian. I find myself in Nigeria. I'm not an American. You understand what I'm saying? God, the plan of God is not to turn America into a Christian country, it's not to turn Nigeria into a Christian country. The kingdom of Christ is not of this world. Are you here with me? America is not a Christian country. It's a neutral country. Even though Christians founded it or Judeo-Christian culture has helped them, it doesn't mean that it's a Christian country. There's no Christian country. There's no Christian. Are you getting that? The kingdom of Christ is not of the world. Individual in those societies might be Christian, but you cannot Christianize the country. The kingdom of Christ is not of this world. We can have Islamic country, that's their own, but Christ is not Christian country. We can have majority as professing Christianity. That's not a Christian country. As long as there is one unbeliever, listen, it's not a Christian country. In the real country of heaven, there can be no unbeliever there. The Bible said the ungodly cannot enter. In the real kingdom. In the real kingdom that Christ is going to be, you can't find one unbeliever there. There must be, you understand what I'm saying? They are heavenly citizens. Are you here with me? Okay, so don't attempt to be zealous for Nigeria to turn into a Christian country, and we cannot superimpose New Testament life on Nigeria. That's not the goal of God. Amen. Wherever believers find themselves, let them live the life of Christ, but they must not Christianize the environment. They are two different things. Amen. Praise God. They play it as wise human beings. Where they have opportunity to enjoy the life of Christ, you understand know the character, let them do it. And that will speak volume more than any other thing. Amen. Praise God. So we are in this world, but we are not of this world. And because we are in this world, hello, you will use what they use in this world. You will eat what they eat in this world. You will wear what they wear in this world. You can't tell me now that God should give you a Christian car. If God cannot give you a Christian car, why can you how come why will he give you a Christian clothes? You can't tell me to God to give you a Christian chair. If he can't give you a Christian chair, how will he give you Christian what? Clothes. Can I say this? If he can't give you a Christian body, our body is not different from the unbelievers. If he cannot give you that as important, if when you get born again, you didn't turn your eyes to three, your nose to two. Your aunt or four. Huh? Why is it close that you now want to showcase that this is a Christian? All those things are just caricature. It's lack of understanding. And we are playing our game to Satan's advantage. We are playing to the gallery. 
You are in this world. And let's get the principle behind that. First Corinthians chapter 7. Now, some of this I want to be talking about now. Put on your thinking cap. Let your mind be alive. First Corinthians chapter 7. When I started talking about putting on the garment, the believer's garment, I'm sure many of us will not know that we're going to go this far. So, don't just preempt. First Corinthians chapter 7, are we there? Verse 31. And they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passes away. But I will have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried, care it for the things that belong to the Lord. How he may please the Lord. But he that is married, care it for the things that are of the world. How he may please his wife. There's a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord. And she may be holy. Both in the body and in the spirit. But she that is married careth for the things of the world. How she may please her husband. And this I speak to your own profit. So you must know the principle here. What the Bible is saying here is that when somebody is alone as a single, you're a virgin. You're a man. You're married. You're alone. The Bible says your concern primarily is to please God. You use all your time just for God. There's nobody you're responsible to. You can read the Bible as long as you want. You can pray as long as you want. You can go for evangelism the whole day. You can do all spiritual works. Huh? When you wake up in the morning, you lie on your bed. As a woman, lie on your bed and keep interceding. That everybody will be saved. You are concerned about only the things of the Lord. They said they are still there praying and fasting. You are the first person to go there. You are concerned about what? You are concerned about what? The things of the Lord. Your concern is about the things of the Lord. Are you getting that? They say there is village evangelism. One week, you are there as a man. I'm ready. It's now Tantugua village. You are ready. You are the first person. What are you concerned about? The things of the Lord. But, the Bible says immediately marriage comes in. There's a change. And the Bible is saying, this is spiritual. Get this. That you cannot say, I am still concerned only for the things of the Lord. You are now concerned about the things of the world. Hear what he said. He didn't say the things of God now. The things of the world. In other words, believer meet in, in the terrain of our life. You understand what I'm saying? Occasions demand that you are involved in the things of the world. In other words, now that you are married, you can't say that you are interceding, you woke up, your husband wants to eat breakfast, you say no breakfast, I'm fasting. I'm interceding for the next three days. You should be spiritual. Your marriage is on the verge of what? Breakage. That's the things of the world. You say now, one week, I'm going to forest of Vinguta. You want to go and win all the Amazon people. You say, wife, bye-bye. I'll see you the next one week. You are calling, you are not wise. Bible says, and you know what your wife is saying? Let's go to ShopRite. Let's go and buy things. And you are saying you are going to that's the things of the world. The Bible says be concerned about that. In other words, huh? 
when it comes to certain issues, now, I don't want to go into that, so let me run back. So, I don't want to deviate. Let's quickly run back now, so I run back to what we are teaching. Now, what I'm bringing out here is that there are things of the world that believers are concerned with. In other words, because you are a human being living in the world, you will use worldly things. Using worldly things doesn't make a man worldly. Worldliness is not using worldly things. And evilliness is not using evilly things. That you use evilly things doesn't make you evil. In the book of Agai chapter 2, the Bible says, it said, if a priest wear the garment of priesthood and that garment touches a dead body, will that dead person be holy? Evilly things, touching artillery things doesn't make artillery things holy. That's not the way it is. Are you getting that? Huh? Because you are in this world, you will use worldly things. You can't prepare Christian food. When Jesus resurrected, eh, he should have brought his fish from heaven. It was the fish they caught that he cooked. He ate artillery food. Eh? There is no money in heaven. We don't spend money. Eh? You can't pray, God provide money and God, money will come from heaven. Even when Jesus wanted to perform miracle, he said, go and cut fish. The money you meet in the mouth, that, means, that fish mistakenly less swallow money inside water. He said, go and remove that money. It is still money that, and when they cut that money, it wasn't the money that has the face of Muhammad Gaddafi. It has the face of what Caesar. Because the monetary exchange of that time has the face of Caesar. You can't put the face of Obama on Naira note and say it's genuine. That's fake. You can't put the face of Jesus. You can't put the face of God. If God showed you revelation, you saw this is God. If you put his face on money, it's fake. Do you get what I'm talking about? So you use artillery things. You, you can't say, well, I want to find out. Is it Christian that made this Samsung projector? If I can use it, you will never use anything. So you use artillery things. Now, if that's true generally, then we are zeroing to our dressing. Now, at the level of dressing, don't try to look for Christian design. Don't try to look for Christian tailor. Don't try to look for Christian shoemaker. Huh? I said, if they can't make shoes that looks like Christ, the kind of one that Jesus wore, I can't wear any shoe. You are only looking for trouble. You are trivializing spiritual things. And already at that zone of your thought, you are already, you understand what I'm saying, a tool in the hand of Satan. You are even already advancing his kingdom and his pleasure. Do you get that? Okay. So, Matthew 7 now. No. Sorry, before I go to Matthew 7. No physical things. But we'll come to a principle that will dictate what should you use. How should you use something? How far should I go with the usage of things? God has given us all things freely to what? Enjoy. First Timothy chapter what? Chapter 6. Verse 17. First Timothy 6, 17. God has given us freely all things to enjoy. Praise God. All things, not some things. All things. The Bible said the earth is the Lord and what? And what? The fullness thereof is yours. Enjoy all things. 
Praise God. Now, quickly now, let's look, let's look at some comparison. Matthew 23. Matthew 23. Matthew chapter 23. And I want to read from verse 25. What are you, scribes, and Pharisees, hypocrites. Now, these are supposed to be the people that are what custodian of the knowledge of the scriptures. But they have the mental knowledge, but they don't have the spiritual understanding of what they have read. For you may clean the what? The outside of the cup and of the platter. But within, they are full of what? Extortion and excesses. Thou blind Pharisees, cleanse that which is within the cup. And the, and the platter and the outside of them may be clean also now the cup here is representing human, con, human vessel you cleanse the outside you present yourself as holy you wear holy garments but inside internally you are full of distortions seductions heresies, covetousness all manner of vices lies within and Jesus said cleanse the inside cleanse your motive Cleanse your priority. Cleanse. And you will see your external assuming. Now when we come to real dressing, the external dress, I will be bringing that. As to the father, what really shape, what you wear is not really clothes. It's really you. Your clothes is after you. As a man thinking his heart, so is he. So he will wear. You see, we all wear different clothes based on our personalities. Make clean the inside. In other words, let your emphasis be in. Listen, buy books to read to change and be a better woman. Be a better man. Don't spend all your money on ear style. You, you, listen, you say you have long hair and inside, the Bible says you are rotting. That's what he said. He said, no, you threatened to dress like a Christian, but inside you are rotting. Quit all this external adjustment and external parade. Verse 27. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, for you are like white sepulchers, beautiful sepulchers, well painted, which indeed appear beautiful outside, outward, but are within you are full of dead men's bones and full of all, all uncleanness. Even so, ye also appear what? Outwardly. You also outwardly appear righteous unto men. Listen. All external appearance of righteousness is rottenness. Whether you dress in a holy, saintly way or in an excessive way, whatever way, the Bible says rottenness. God did not send you that. And I've said it and I say it huh, loud. There is no external dressing that depicts this is a Christian. It's error. Whether you put on your ring or you don't put on. Whether you wear trousers or you don't wear. Whether your skirt is long or short, that does not depict whether somebody is a Christian, we can never decipher a Christian by external appearance. We don't. We need more to say this person is a Christian or not. We'll come to some of the way we are talking about real dressing physically now. Because I'm still going to trash on physical dressing. We need more than that. You can't just be somebody because he dresses very well and says a doctor. I was watching one movie like that. Uh, Hard to kill. Was 
it was uh, by, by, by uh, uh, Steven Seagal had to kill. And of course, it was a, it was a police, it was a calling up, blah, blah, it was in command, you know, and it was in command there for, for, I think for about five years or so, if I can understand it. Okay, so when he woke up, one of the bad guys that wanted to execute him came, when they had that, he was, he was working now. They came, and they wanted to kill The guy dressed like a doctor. In fact, the nurses and the, the, uh, the security men that he met, he, he, he bypassed them by presenting his doctor. He had a stethoscope and dressed like a doctor. And so they, they took him for a doctor, and that's how he beat all the security. By the time one security guy knew he was already inside the hospital, he got that guy down. He would have killed Sivisiga because they took him in a dressing. If they are, now, when they now suspect this guy, they now wanted to ask questions to showcase whether he's a doctor. At that time, he knew he brought out the gun and killed them. Listen. By the time we really start dealing with some people, are you a Christian? They might kill you. They might just brought out venoms that kills. Some people dresses like Christian, but they do they have no work on themselves to really showcase that they can't kill. They don't have any gun. What comes out? Vengeance. What comes out? You just wonder, but this person dresses like this. No, it's not in the dressing. It's not in the dressing. Now know we know man after the flesh. Jesus said, judge righteous judgment. You judge after appearance. He said, judge righteously. A man is not known by clothes. Your real husband might not have money now to wear the good clothes you want. That doesn't mean he's not a king in the So you might miss the man sent to your life. You just judge me the flesh. Because now he might not have money. But potentially he will rule. He will give houses like giving by But because he doesn't have money, you write him off because I have judged me externally. Huh? Apostle Paul said, we, all, we almost made that mistake by writing of the Messiah. The Jew missed Christ because he didn't come in Messianic garment. They expected Jesus to have come in a garment and he beat them because he was wearing normal clothes. And I said this, and I've said it before. One of the greatest wisdom of God is for us to wear normal clothes. So that nobody can decipher you in the flesh. No true man of God must be known in the flesh. No true Christian must be known in the flesh. Not in the title. That's why Jesus, we needed a what? A Judas to what betray him. If you are not careful, your dressing has already betrayed you. They are looking for the SU. You came like the SU. You are the one. They are looking for the one that will make all the noise. You are the one. Why don't you cut down all those excesses? Why don't you cut off all the foolishness and appear somebody? You understand? Say, when we come to that, that's godly intelligence. Amen? amen. I said, amen. amen. Are we still here? So we're talking something deep here. Matthew 7. Verse 15. Beware of false prophets. Which come to you in what? So they are sheep's clothing. And so if you are a people that it is clothing you are using to look at yourself, false prophet will get you. You will submit to false prophet. Who comes in one sheep clothing? But inwardly they are what? Ravenous wolf. Now, did he say they will always get to us? No. Once you are sensitive to what they carry internally, you will, you will know. So wait. Don't be moved by external. Wait. If you know what is it, if you know what is happening in that church, the miracle, all those things, wait, relax. 
Satan too will deceive. The Bible says, by all deceivableness, which they will deceive the dust. Which they will deceive. Go on the 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2. We have seen men who proclaim to be minister today, who have metamorphosized, who have learned our language, who have learned our culture, who have learned the kind of way we build and everything externally. But listen, if you're a man that knows how to prepare, you know that this is deception. They have performed miracles. Who says Satan cannot perform miracles? What is Antichrist? Antichrist is not in his character. It's in the, it's in the display of miraculous. Antichrist will deceive by the miraculous, not by character. By their fruit, we will know them. That's the inward life. Inward life reveals true Christianity. Reveals a true man of God. Not the miracle. Do we despise the miraculous? No. But we are not taken aback by it. Even with the true man of God, we don't. Less. When the true man of God makes mistakes, nobody is there to correct. Deuteronomy chapter 15 gives us that caution. If there is a man anointed by God amongst you, and he gives signs and wonder, and he prophesies, and he teaches something that is contrary to what Moses said, don't go after him. He first gave you his resume to know the kind of weight, and you understand what I'm saying, the, 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 the record of this man. Are you here with me? Huh? Bible says, Matthew 7, verse what? 15. Which are called in sheep's clothing, but in what they are of any wolf. You shall know them by their what? Do men gather grapes and tongues or fig or tissue? Even so, every good tree. In other words, the real man will show. Wait. The problem is that people throw away their brain and their thinking. Their thought. And they gullibly just swallow everything. You wait and relax. I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I, I, want, I don't want my soul to go into error. So I just want to learn. Bible says, take every spirit. You wait. The man will give himself away. You will know. Whether this man is of Christ. He will soon start up in your time say, in your time say, he will start uh, describing himself and bringing all attention to himself. There is no true servant of Christ that will not believe, that will not make himself that it's about Christ. Attention is about Christ, not about the servant of No matter the grace of God upon that man, he must magnify Christ, not himself. No matter the anointing. It's not about him. He's a man. And this thing, if need be, they have to tear their clothes for you to know they are men like you. The apostle did it for us. Are you here with me? Attention is never on any man of God, no matter the anointing, no matter the financial, the, the, whatever they've commanded, no matter. They are still human beings. We respect them, we honor them, but in the domain of the scripture, it must not go beyond that. Otherwise, you understand? Say you are already practicing idolatry. You are worshiping man, and it's not good for your soul, and it's not good for the servant of God too. Where the members are trying to do it, we must teach it and cut off all those things and help their soul. There must be nothing. Look, look. It was obvious that we had somebody in this country who was into error, who was teaching nonsense, who was doing error, trusting with people. He was found almost killing, jailed, and sentenced to death. Recently, when the man, the case was, you know, was appealed, you see women coming, crying, and saying that this man is God. He's our man. This king is our man. He's, we will die for him. We will do all that for him. Despite all the atrocities of this man, a woman, the woman saw when they were in the court. You know the person, Reverend King? A woman in the court, the woman stood, look at the atrocities of this man, sentenced him to death. That if you have done this in the church, you claim church and you are killing people, you are supposed to be killed. 
Some people till tomorrow, as he said, we will die for him. It's God. He said, he's next to God. That's how gullible people can be. That's how naive gullible. The Bible says you remember Judas. Huh? Theodas. In Acts chapter 4. When Gamaliel stood, when they were withstanding Peter, he said, if this is of God, you can't stop it all. But if it is not of God, it will stop. He said, do you remember Theodas who drew 400 people around himself? And Judas of Galilee, who also that, that all of them fell asunder and all the people were scattered. How did 400 follow those people? How many people do we have in the world at that time? How many, what is global population that that man could get 400? That means if you transpose it to 6 billion people, that man already is having almost 100 million people. He's already having so much. So it's not in the number. You can't tell me because you have number. Then that means it's right. Because when the population, global population was small, somebody was already making 400. How much money are we now? We are now billions. So transpose that by proportion. You know how much number that man will be carrying. So it's not in the number. You don't measure something by just say, oh, we have the number. It's not just number. Are you here with me? Huh? He said they will come in sheep clothing and they will deceive. They will deceive the gullible. They will deceive the thoughtless because a lot of people don't use their head. They don't even reason. I see the Bible. Listen, you don't reason to get God, but once you have gotten God, there is a reasoning in God. You can't reason it to Christ. But listen, by faith we accept Him. Inside Christ, there is a reasoning. He's able to do exceedingly above that which what? Think or ask. So there is thinking in Christ. He gave us our brain to think. We reason. We think. Amen. The Bible says, the Berean Christians were, no were more noble than the Thessalonians. They went to check those things. Whether they be so. So I expect to go and check. Check. Write down. Go and get the city and check and reason and think. And, you know what I'm saying? Praise God. Paul said we preach not ourselves. But Christ. We are servants. We are his servants. Praise God. This is New Testament. New Testament is about Christ. It's not about any man of God, any servant of God. No matter how anointed, we must be silent about them. We must project Christ. You must not carry their placard and all you are showcasing is your servant of God, your church. Listen, what you are showcasing is Christ. Not your church. Not Integrity Worship Center. Not Pastor Lydie. That's error. That's growing. You're already of course if that's your life. Don't be a jihadist for us. Don't be a jihadist for this church. Or if he's my pastor, you understand? Don't, don't even defend him. Amen. Are you here with me? Praise God. So we have learned so much. Now we zoom and then we just round up tonight on this note. This will be the taste I'm introducing us to. And then I think hopefully next week we're going to round up. Praise God. So God has given us all things to enjoy. And we must know how to enjoy all things to his glory. We must not be moved. Don't be moved by appearance. If somebody come in gay clothing, don't be moved. Relax. Be sober. Watch. If somebody come in ragged clothes, be relaxed. Watch. Amen. With the kind of glory Jesus carried in heaven, his clothes was rags. What he wore on this world was rag. With where he was coming from, it was rag he was wearing. That's why they missed him. Huh? I said it was what? Huh. The creator of all things, borrowing us at the mercy of an ass owner, 
saying go and look for one ass that somebody has the creator you don't do you know Christ that we want to corner him in the flesh now know we know man after the flesh all things are asked to be to enjoy amen as we close tonight let me introduce us to the last portion of what we have been talking about and that's your physical now what principle regulates what we were physically now now that we have concluded our, our life is not about this but we wear this but what should regulate what we wear now that we know we wear clothes now that we know that we can use jewelry I'll still come to that next week because I'm going to prove it to you. The Bible says you can use it. In fact, if anything, the Bible says it should be used. I will show you in the Bible. You have lived in religion. You have never read it. And if something is that paramount to you that you think, if I use it, God will never hear me. And you never checked it. It's unfortunate. That this thing stand against my faith. And you never checked it. It's how we can easily allow whatever, you know, some generational error to shape our lives in our laziness. Huh? Do you know for generation? Huh? The first man that said the heart was what? Was like a what? Like a, no, no, not sphere. Like a square. Like what? Was flat. Was flat. The first man that said it. It was never challenged. Huh? That's the first person, Ptolemyan. And then uh, until copper, 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 what's the name now? Came and he observed that it's spherical. But you know, it has never been challenged. And then every time observing, it's true, it's true, it's true. Lord have mercy. And this is what I've written down for you. Every man's dressing. I'm talking now, this is natural. I'm not talking about believer now. This is general life. I will come to believe that because that's what I will take off from next week. Every man's dressing, clothes now. I'm not talking about life inside. I'm talking about ashote and work, physical. Every man's dressing is an outgrowth of his convictions. Intelligence. Do you know your, you dress after your intelligence? Exposure. Your exposure shapes what you wear. Your sense of decency. It depends on what you call this. If I don't, if I think that showcasing my breast is not act of indecency, I will show it. So it's a sense. The people that showcase, they don't say anything wrong about it. That's their sense. So now, to you, it might be indecent, but to them, now we're going to look now. What is the biblical stand for us as believers? But you should know, this is obtained. Every man's dressing. There are women that, let me say this, there are women, if you go to their house, they can tie, if they have. Visitor, they can still leave clothes on their chest. They are women that if they hear coco like that, if they wear clothes, they will run inside and go and put something on. It depends. Do you agree with me? They are women. Eh? If you live in their house, while they are in their house, they are just wearing clothes. Nothing on that. No bra, nothing. They are women like that. But they are so once there is any stranger, one might be It depends on your attitude. We're going to look at it. Which one is better? Don't say anyone is better now. Sense of decency. Your priorities. Some people dress simply. That's this. That's mean they are simple. I've had people talk about. Um, you know what I'm saying? We describe a man of God just in shirt and in clothes. No, I don't. I don't agree with that. Priorities differ. Personal likeness. Some people don't like clothes. They don't know how to dress. They don't see. But I'm dressing. It doesn't mean they are simple. 
That energy might be converted to another thing. Some people don't drink. That doesn't mean you are right. You might convert to eating food. He said the wine, the wine baba and the gluten. So it's the same thing. You might not drink. Christ, many Christians don't drink, but none of us are gluten. Is it the same thing? So what mouth do you have to condemn somebody who is drinking wine? Because you are committing the same thing. The church is against wine, taking alcohol. What of eating by in excess? Huh? What of eating in excess? What of a man that has been eating for days, he doesn't have to fast? Your priority, it depends on your priority. Some people priority their clothes. Some women don't like clothes, they like jewelry. Some women, they like shoes. I like shoes. I remember one man of God was talking, he said, I like ties. He said, I don't know the number of ties, I, I just like ties. Priority. That means, why do you think of shirts? I like shirts. I don't like ties. I don't like jewelry. There are men that like jewelry. They put on neck. I don't like it. Look, I don't like jewelry to the extent I don't even know whether you are wearing. I don't know the difference. If, you, if my wife is wearing jewelry of uh, 50,000, uh, 1,000, I don't know the difference. It doesn't move me. And there are some, eh, gold. You already seen which one is gold. I don't know the difference. But once I see fine shirt, it moves me. Priority. Wiring. How you are wired. Do you get that? You can't come from the north. You won't like Guinea. Huh? Guinea. You will like Guinea. I don't like Guinea. I buy Guinea. Ankara. I don't like Guinea. If you have somebody you are very you have watched that, I believe you, you just see one Guinea among ten Ankaras. Priorities. Likeness. Likeness. These are the things that shape your dressing. And finally, financial status. <laughs> your financial title at the time you are dressing some of us think I don't like good things it's because you don't have money yet last week I was talking about Brazilian here and Jesus cream let money come we don't know whether he's going to be wearing Indian here we don't know hello but what should be the one the Christian should be wearing that's now the what we'll be looking at next week and then we're going to be looking at you understand what I'm saying what God Want. How will God have the believer? You know, what should shape a believer's dressing? What should shape what we wear? What should showcase it? That's what we'll be talking about. But we have looked at it generally now. What dictates what people wear? You can't come from uh, 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 where now? Maybe uh, the, you are coming from maybe Spain, where they wear, or Scotland, where men wear skirts. And then you will say, you are wearing trousers. No, because that's what you have grown up to see. That's your norm. Now, you can't transport Christianity and say, no, they should be wearing No, we'll come to some of it. Because that's what we do. We think Christianity is outer to, to twist culture. Otherwise, Christianity doesn't believe in prostrating. Thou shalt not prostrate to no man. You shall call no man God. So why you prostrate to anybody? It's against it. In that sense. But it's not against because that's your culture. Your bad culture, African culture says you should prostrate. But that's your culture. That's not that's the standard. White culture, Western culture says you should shake. Which one is more noble? No one. Somebody say, oh, African culture. You want to erode our culture? All our culture that show that we are respectful. We are, are they not respectful of Western world? Respect comes from the heart. It's not just from action. You can prostrate without really respectful. I don't give you one. Hold on. Show you the ballet law. 
Is that respect? Somebody can devour for you. Because here, you can see in the spirit. Ah! And you almost felt, don't never, never prostrate to me. You almost felt like telling him, don't prostrate to me. Father, we thank you at this junction. We give you praise. Thank you for the way you have helped us tonight. Thank you for your word we have received. We bless you, Father. Thank you. Thank you as we continue in this truth. Thank you because you will perfect everything that concerns us.